0: Welcome to AdTention, a podcast from the American Advertising Federation, District 10. My name is Ray Schillens. Conversations with the people in our industry who make advertising and marketing impactful and relevant. Our stories take you behind the scenes on a variety of advertising platforms where we explore current trends and topics. AAF District 10 promotes professional development and networking recognizes advertising excellence, provides news and resources, helps develop future industry leaders, and promotes the value of ethical and transparent advertising. And you can find out more at aaf10.org. Today, it's a replay of our Fireside Chat that happened on May 10th. 10 Questions with District 10. Fireside Chat with Governor Stephanie Price and special guest Dr. Shane Hunt. Shane is the Dean of College Business at Idaho State University and a collegiate marketing sales textbook author. More about Shane in just a moment. Before we get started, a couple of quick reminders. Admerica is coming very quickly, June 2nd through the 5th, in Nashville. Are you going to be there? You should be. Go to the District 10 website to find out more. That's where you can click on Admerica and register for the event. Hope to see you there. Coming up on June 10th is the COVID delayed Southwest Advertising Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Randy Bacon and Jim Stewart of Fort Worth, Dennis Amico of Dallas, Mike Levy of Austin, Marl Snyder of Corpus Christi, Marianne Stutz of San Marcos, and Jose Adan Trevino of Houston. And the 10th District Governor's Award presented to Wallow Creative Incorporated of Dallas, Texas. The induction ceremony takes place live in Austin, June 10th at the Austin Hilton. Find out more on the D10 website. Be there. This is an in-person event and well-deserved honors for the incredible people in District 10 in our advertising community. And finally, it's the 2022 D10 Club Officers Training. It is happening June 18th from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. in SMU in Dallas. You can get details and you can register right now at AAF10. .org. So today is a recap of the fireside chat we had on May 10th, 10 questions with District 10. And kudos to Austin Sandy, the executive committee programs chair for District 10. Austin is putting together just a slam dunk home run of guests uh, for these uh, fireside chats. Austin, well done. Austin is an Emmy nominated marketing professional and graphic designer working in the Tyler Longview area. He is the audience development and brand manager for KLTV and KTRE, the ABC affiliates covering all of East Texas. Bottom line, just a really great guy. Austin, thank you very much. This is also a very special 10 with 10 with our current governor, Stephanie Price, the governor of District 10. This is her last 10 with 10, and I got to tell you, we're going to miss Stephanie as our governor. Stephanie's done so many wonderful things for D10. And I'm sure she has touched your life as well. Don't forget to say congrats on a a great term as governor of District 10. And don't forget to say thanks, Stephanie. We appreciate you. So today's Fireside Chat, 10 with 10, is with uh, Dr. Shane Hunt, the dean of College of Business and a professor of marketing at Idaho State University. Stephanie is going to tell you more about Shane. And this is a great conversation listening back as we produce this for the podcast a couple of takeaways a couple of things that you can take away be bold be intentional that's one of his mantras we'll also call it a textbook way to engage students so today we go to school 10 with 10 with dr shane hunt i'm going to introduce dr shane
1: hunt he's the dean of the college of business and a professor of marketing at Idaho State University. He's the recipient of the 2010 National Inspire Integrity Award for the National Society of Collegiate Scholars. He's the 2010 Lieutenant Colonel Barney Smith Award as Professor of the Year, and the 2015 Honors Professor of the Year at Arkansas State University. Shane's research has appeared in the Journal of Professional Selling and Sales Management, the Journal of Business Logistics. He's presented to numerous organizations. Now he can add the AAF to his resume. Um, Among those are the American Marketing Association, National Conference, and Sales Professionals. He has got a textbook with McGraw-Hill. That is huge. Of course, he has an MBA, University of Oklahoma. He went to work for a Fortune 500 company in Tulsa. He spent eight years working as a pricing analyst, product manager, and business development manager, overseeing numerous mergers and acquisitions initiatives before completing his PhD at Oklahoma State University. Go folks. Shane lives in Pocatello, Idaho. Did I get it right?
2: Perfectly said. Absolutely. Yay.
1: And he has his wonderful wife, Jennifer, their two children, Andrew and Sarah, of which Andrew has become a Texan for the summer. So we will yes. gladly take him. And um, you guys help me welcome Dr. Shane Hunt. We're so excited to have you.
2: Uh, hello, everybody. I'm so thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me, Stephanie.
1: Absolutely. I see some little emoji claps. So that's great. Um, Well, we're going to jump right in. So, this is 10 questions of District 10. I'm Stephanie Price, the current governor. And um, Shane, we're just going to have a conversation. You can answer some of these quickly, some of these long, and um, we'll um, just be inspired by your words today. So, tell us about your career thus far. I tried not to give away too much.
2: Yeah, so absolutely, Stephanie. Um, So, I would start by saying thank you for letting me be a part of this. Um, My life, I give the shortest version I possibly can. I'm a first generation college student. Uh, my life was changed because a long time ago, my mom and dad sacrificed for me to go to college. I uh, got an undergraduate degree in marketing, as you said, from OU and an MBA from University of Oklahoma. I worked for a Fortune 500 company, had the opportunity to get a Ph.D. And, and when I started Ph.D. school, our senior VP of the Fortune 500 company I worked for, he had a Ph.D. as well. And, and he had a Ph.D. from Michigan State and they would introduce him as Dr. His Name. And I thought, Stephanie, that sounded awesome. So to be perfectly honest, I started getting a Ph.D. thinking I would stay in the private sector and I would be Dr. Shane Hunt. And even if you have an accent like mine, that sounds like a smart guy, whether it is or it isn't. It sounded like a smart guy. And so I, um, you know, did that with the start. And so when I was getting my Ph.D. at Oklahoma State, uh, Oklahoma at that time was going through, you know, budget challenges, and as a PhD student, I had to teach right away. So my first year in PhD school, I taught uh, two classes each semester, which I don't really do anymore. But it was a great thing because I fell in love with it, and getting to help students and getting to see how marketing and business can impact their lives. And so at the end of that first year, I kind of said, my wife and I had discussed. I kind of said, this is what I think I want to do, and so I made an agreement with the company. I said, hey, I'll stay. They were super flexible at the Williams companies to let me, you know, be in Stillwater three and a half days a week and in the office a day and a half. Um, but I got a PhD, but I knew then that I was going to go and, um, and be a professor. And, and so finishing up uh, before your last year, the way it works in business uh, PhD programs, you interview and accept your job in the fall of your last year, but, and then you start at that school the next August. I had the great fortune to get to go Uh, be a professor at Arkansas State, which is where I met Christina and Austin and so many amazing, thousands of amazing students. So we moved to Jonesboro and spent 13 years there as a professor and and Dean of the College of Business there. Um, And and so that's kind of how that is. I'll tell two quick stories. So uh, when you wear as many sweater vests as I do, Stephanie, you're probably a pretty dull person. So I'll tell you the two interesting things about me. Uh, When our son Andrew was little, I always loved sports and I wanted to start uh, something and we, he and I visited all 30 major league baseball stadiums before he graduated high school. And it took nine years. It is amazing. It's been a great experience. And now for Andrew to be down in Texas, interning this summer with a minor league baseball team of marketing is, is an awesome full circle part of that story. But I, I, I tell that. that story because that led my daughter and I, so Sarah and Andrew are five years apart. Sarah's a freshman in high school and I wanted us to have a father daughter adventure and, and we started a much more ambitious adventure, which is to go see all 63 national parks before she graduates high school and we have done. That's 50, amazing. So we've done 50. 50 she's finishing her freshman year and, and that that so we should make it we got three more at least planned for this summer and we'll get to 53. But that led us to, to being mm-hmm. out in the West and and so that's kind of the story here. Um, I am. we weren't going to go anywhere before Andrew graduated high school, uh, which he did in Jonesboro in 2020, and um, had the opportunity to, to be dean of the school and, and be the Michael C. Rutgers professor of marketing at the closest research university in the world to Yellowstone National Park. And so I always tell people that's how you can find us. And I've uh, been here two years and just feel so blessed and thankful uh, to be here and, and uh, part of the ISU family.
1: I love that. I think we're kindred spirits. I will say, I don't usually interject a ton of my personal life into these, but I want to visit 40 different countries by the time I'm 40. So I am on number 28. So I, I will. that's this amazing. Inspiration. I'm going to keep going.
2: Stephanie, you're well ahead of me. I am not at 28. So it, <laughs> it is. And, and, I, and I would say that has been those have been the great adventures of my life. And and so many things about our lives are, are better and enriched because we, we've done those journeys. And, and uh, so I'd highly encourage that.
1: I love that. Um, so tell us about the most recent thing you've read, heard or watched that inspired
2: you. Yeah. So I that's a great question. I would say the thing that I watch, I love um, PBS. I'm going to be joining the Idaho PBS board here uh, in the state of Idaho. Uh, I recently watched the Ken Burns documentary on Benjamin Franklin, and it was amazing. I had the chance to meet Ken Burns last year and I got to tell him uh, his work has made me a better American and a better father, and, and the Benjamin Franklin documentary was one of those things. Again, I think what inspired me about that was for his flaws that we that he had, that we all have, that he was always throughout his life working to be a better version of himself. And one of the things that I admired so much, um, you know, it seems like it seems hard to me imagine to say that I've got a son that's a junior in college, but somehow I woke up one day and I'm a 46-year-old man, middle-aged man. <laughs> And and one of the things that I think about is at 46, at 56, at 76, at 86, I want to still be doing good things and helping people and, and making you know, students or my community or society better in some way. And it really inspired me to see that because the Benjamin Franklin at the time of the Revolutionary War, Uh, Was already an old man, and he was an even older man at the Constitutional Convention. And seeing his desire to make a positive impact at every point in his life was very inspiring to me.
1: I love that. That's that's awesome. So you hit on this a little bit, but I want you to say it again. What's the best part of your job?
2: Oh my goodness! The best part of my job is getting to see the amazing students that we have. So you mentioned something about a textbook. So you had some uh, textbook legends on this call today. So in each in each chapter of our book. We did our first book with McGraw Hill, it's now used in, with schools in all 50 states and 17 countries around the world. We have uh, today's professional perspective that's in there from like a recent graduate talking about their career, and what they've done. And so Christina Myers, who's on this, was one of our professional or today's professionals in our very first book. So the books that sit on display behind me, Christina was in the very first one and uh, your very own Austin Sandy is going to be one of the people that's going to be in our upcoming fourth edition, which will come out this January. Um, the best part of my job every single day is I get to be around amazing people. And I would say that if you over the years now getting to see Christina and the amazing things she's doing in Austin and so many of my students to get to see my students, we just finished graduation with Saturday here. And I teach a big principles of marketing intro to marketing classes Dean. People get very pessimistic about the world and we face so many Diverse and 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 worrisome challenges, but what I would tell you is if you get to be around the Christina's and the Austins, and you get to be around the kids i'm around every day. You can't help but think that our best days are still ahead of us, so the absolute best part is I see those kids because those kids were me and i'm a first generation college student whose life was forever better because I got a business degree got a marketing degree. And so being able to help these young people have that same opportunity for them and their families. It's the best job in the world, Stephanie. And I don't know what's second.
1: I love that. We all got together in Houston a couple of weeks ago. And to be in the room with all of our marketing and advertising friends, it definitely fills your bucket. And so I think that I can agree that we're lucky to have the Christina's and the Austins in District 10 and many that are on this call that that work so hard. So I, I couldn't agree more with you. That's the best part of the AAF as well as the people. What are you most proud of?
2: I would break that up. I would say I'm most proud of the things that I've gotten to do for and with my children. I love being a professor. I love being an author. I love being a dean. Um, but the thing I love most is being a dad to Andrew and Sarah. And I am most proud that I've always tried to be very intentional as a father and and know that you know one of the reasons we did those goals before high school like I'm super excited now. Andrew's in college and he's doing amazing things. but those you know that dynamic's different, right? They've got other things and interest and 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 friends and significant others and all those things. I wanted to be very intentional about doing stuff and sharing that adventure with them. so so that that's the thing that that I'm that I'm most proud of. and And the thing professionally is I like to think that I've been a really good professor and and I enjoy that Uh, when I was first the dean at Arkansas State they told me they said hey you're the dean you don't have to teach and I said if I don't get to teach I don't want to do the job I mean I think that working and teaching and helping young people is the best part of our job and uh same thing happened here at Idaho State and I I love doing it and I I will uh, teach marketing finishing up the semester last week and seeing the students and getting to we had such a wonderful semester. It's the first semester since I've been here. We haven't had to wear masks in the classroom as we kind of emerge from the pandemic. I don't know everything I'll do for the rest of my life, but as long as I'm physically and mentally able, I will teach marketing every semester for the rest of my life because it's awesome. I love
1: that Oh my gosh, so much. You know, I loved my undergrad. I'm a little sad I didn't go go have you as a teacher. I'm a little sad. <laughs> so tell us about the biggest lesson you've learned and what our group could take away from it.
2: So I think the biggest lesson that I would say, and there's a lot of lessons that are out there. I would say one I talked about before, and I think it's true personally and professionally, be very intentional about what you wanna do. It makes me sad sometimes because I see people who let their careers or their lives kind of slip by without being intentional. And I don't mean that in a bad way because we all get, Stephanie, super busy, right? We got so many things I gotta to do today on a Tuesday, and then I got things I gotta do on Wednesday. But I think you want to be strategic about your career options, about what you're doing with your family and the people you care about, I think to be very intentional and then I think secondly, find opportunities and organizations where you can be the genuine version of yourself. Um, one of the most awesome things that I get to do every day is the same person I am on this call is the same person I am in the classroom is the same person I am at home with my family. and. I, years ago, I had a student, probably about the time that Christina was in my class, I uh, had a student who was wanted me to help him interview for a job. And he was answering these questions. And I knew I'd had him in a couple of classes. I'm like, that's not who you are. I said, what? I said, why are you answering that way? And he said, Dr. He said, uh, he said, I'm afraid. He said, the worst thing that can happen is I answer the way that I, you know, how I actually am. And he said, I don't get the job. And I said, you're completely wrong. The worst thing that can happen is you answer something that's not you and you get the job and you got to show up every day and be something that you're not. Every part of my life is better because professionally, I get to be the genuine version of myself. And I would encourage people to look for that. And and it makes me sad because I see people who don't feel that way. And to me, that would always be one of the signs that maybe there's another opportunity or another organization um, that would be a better fit. So those would be the two things I would say.
1: Oh, I love that so much. And I see you're getting lots of reactions on from this group, but I, I could not agree more. The The best benefit of that is getting to be your genuine self, 100%. So tell us, um, you're not really in campaigns, but maybe a class or a lesson or um, have you, what have you experienced something that just didn't work and how'd you get it back on track?
2: Uh, I, I think this happens a lot, by the way, in higher education. So I, I will tell you that the the two things that I would say on this, and it goes back to that genuine, authentic version. I think higher education, so, so we have PhDs and we do research and I write textbooks and papers and I do consulting. I think a lot of higher education institutions lose their way when they say that something else is the number one priority other than teaching students. That is the most important thing. Our greatest legacy as professors is not my books or is not my papers, which hopefully have a positive impact. The greatest legacy we have as professors is what Christina's doing or what Austin's doing or what countless of our students, the positive good they're doing. And so I I think that that's important. And I think I talk a lot about it in business schools. I was at the annual international meeting for business deans in New Orleans a couple weeks ago and was on a panel and I I was talking about that. So I, I think it's important. Research is important. It's very important. But I also think it's critical that we always focus on what the most important thing is. And I think for Idaho State or for Arkansas State or for UT Tyler or for any of the schools that, that may be on this, in this region listening, I think that's always going to be the case. And um, I can't remember or tell you, well, actually, I could now because I, I do this for a living. But at the time, I couldn't have told you a single paper or book that my professors at OU publish. Um, but I absolutely knew how they impacted my life and have given my family a better life. So I, I think that's one of the things that's really important. I think that's going to be critical as we see some of the demographic challenges, right? There's going to be, there's just fewer kids. And that's true almost everywhere in the country. And so mm-hmm. universities are really struggling with that. And, and and I think they try to sometimes do gimmicky things to drive enrollment. And, and my advice always is if you're focused on helping students have better lives and be better prepared for all the companies on this call, you'll probably make it. And if you lose sight of those things, you probably are going to have challenges as you go forward.
1: I love that so much. So I'm going to go off script for a second since we're kind of in the middle, but I want you to talk about the Integrity Award. You know, we we've Larry Brantley's on this call and he's the the chair of the, the Council of Governors. So that's the, the national part of kind of what we do. And um, he's talked a lot about getting back to basics. So I love how you really talked about getting back to mission and I think that's really an important part of integrity and so I want you to kind of kind of hit on that a little bit you know and
2: well I think where that um, genesis came from yeah well I can tell you how the genesis of the award was I had a student years ago named Lance Gooch and uh, Lance uh, now lives in in Alabama and has had a, an amazing career but Lance was a was a student of mine years ago and I get this thing that said, hey, you've been nominated for this award, for the Inspired Integrity Award. And I thought, well, oh, that's great. And 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 it said Lance had this wonderful letter that Lance had sent in. And so I sent, you know, some stuff in and they interviewed me and we did some different parts. And so to my surprise, a few months later, they're like, hey, you won. And you got this stuff and you did this. I, I think that's really important. I think, Stephanie, one thing that I've always that I always try to do, that I talk about with my students and I talk about with my kids. The true reality of marketing is you can do a thousand things correct and one thing wrong and most people remember the one thing you messed up. I think that integrity is about every day trying to treat people the right way. And, And I think that integrity involves caring about people and helping them wherever they are, meeting them where they are and helping them. And I worry that we live in a society today that has so much anger and gets so upset at so many things. And I think if you just treat people the right way and genuinely care about people, then a lot of that other stuff comes into focus and, and, and works itself out. So. I just, I'm a big believer if I don't, I tell my students this, if, if you see me out today and I'm not treating someone the right way, that is not Idaho State University's fault, that is not my student's fault, that is not my wife's fault or my kid's fault. If you see me out there doing something cruel or unethical or wrong, that is on me. And I have a responsibility to all the people that depend on me to not behave in that way. And I think that's a huge thing that, uh, that we try to get across to our students.
1: I think that's beautiful. I, I love that so very much. And so thank you for allowing me to go off script. I guess it's now thank 11 you. questions with district 10, but since it's one of my last as governor, I guess I can do what I it's want. It's a bonus one. I told my students the last week, I got to
2: tell them all the stories that I've saved up. Cause I'm not going to see them except for the one kid who's like, Dr. I might flunk. I said, well, you may hear stories next semester, but you may get this yeah, twice, <laughs> you, may get this, you may get this twice, but.
1: Hopefully not a third time.
2: <laughs> yeah. Hopefully not a third time. Hopefully not a third time. <laughs>
1: What are the best traits in a leader and why?
2: I think the single best trait about leaders is that they listen. Um, If you want to be a leader in any organization, you are going to spend a majority of your time listening. People know what the problems are. People know how to solve the problems. You listen to those people. If you don't listen, you don't recognize what it is. One of my favorite things as a business school dean uh, that I've done for the last couple of years is I do focus groups with all of our graduating students. And ask them just honestly, just them and me, you know, what was your favorite parts of your experience here? What things would you say we need to improve upon? Because the truth is, all of our students who graduated this past Saturday, they know what we need to get better at. And the way that I'm going to know that is by listening to them and reacting. So I think listening is the number one thing that I would say. I think the second thing that's that's so critical is that you treat people and you care about them And again, you help meet them where they are. We do a thing here. So we have every time a professor or staff member has a new grandson or granddaughter or son or daughter. We had one of our professors just had their first daughter. We give them all ISU College of Business onesies, right? And they're orange and black and they're on there. But but I think that's such an important part as a leader to say we are not isolated people. And 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 so what I want people to know when we hire them is we want you to be a part of our team. We want your family to be a part of our team, we want your kids to be around. And I think so listening and caring are the two biggest things. And 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 um I said this at that conference in New Orleans a couple of weeks ago, and I've said it other times when people ask, they said, you know, what what advice, how do you think we get better and all the challenges that we face? I'm not smart enough, Stephanie, to answer that in a super articulate way. But I think that the core of that, it's love and education. If if people are loved, if they feel loved, if you care about people and you help provide them with a great education, I bet it turns out awesome. And um, I didn't have, I you know, what I had, I hit the jackpot because I had a mom and dad that loved me and I had the chance to get an education at a great public institution and my life's forever better. So that's what I would say.
1: I love that. Oh my gosh. That's absolutely inspiring. All right. This one's one of my favorites. So which overused word or phrase makes you cringe?
2: (laughs) Uh, Oh goodness. There's a whole bunch of them. I, we have a new, we have a new supply chain logistics program here and always reminds me of a student years ago. who told me, said, Dr. Hunt, he said, I want to work in logistics. And I said, what does logistics mean? He goes, I don't have any idea. And I thought, well, that's maybe we've gone too far with the bus. (laughs) Uh, no uh, the the biggest the there's a bunch but the number one would be when somebody says that they're a self-made man or a self-made woman i totally disagree with that the first self-made man or self-made woman that i meet the next one that i meet will be the first one uh, every single one of us that have had any level of success has had that success because someone someplace in our life cared about us and invested in us and i always say that when we give out scholarships to our students. I love getting to do that. We gave away a record number of scholarships this year, privately funded scholarships. I said the only thing that I ask is that when you go out and be successful, is that you come back and give to the next generation of students because someone you don't know has cared about and invested in you and helped you get a college education. Um, I, I, there is nothing about me that is self-made. It is because I had a wonderful mom and dad. It's because I had great friends. It's because I had great professors. Um, I don't like that. I think that one of the things that leaders should get very much in the habit of saying every single day, as often as they can, is thank you. And whatever success that I've been able to have, it's because I've been blessed to have amazing people in my life, and I'm thankful for them. And uh, give a special shout out since Mother's Day was here. At the heart of that was my mom and uh, and all the great things that she did in encouraging me to do, to do great things. And so uh, I, I don't like when people say that because I don't believe that's true.
1: I love that. I think that's absolutely the crux of it all, right? Is that thinking those, you know, that went before you and pulling those, you know, that are behind you right up next to you or in front of you. So I couldn't I couldn't agree more with that. And I love that you shouted out to your mom, Happy Mother's Day to Shane's mom. Happy Mother's
2: Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms on the call today. That's the yeah. greatest yeah. day. And Happy Father's Day for all the fathers that get the month of June on there too. So, right? Happy Father's Day. Absolutely. Well, Being a parent's the best thing in the world.
1: I Couldn't agree more. Um, My, uh, I have, we'll have a one-year-old come Thursday, so.
2: Congratulations. Yeah, very, good. I'll tell you one other thing, Stephanie. We'll do 12 questions for District (laughs) 2. I get asked this question, people have asked me. So I love, I get all excited when people, you know, have families and start families. And and, uh, one of the questions I love when people ask me is, what age was your favorite age? And the truth is, Stephanie, and I've been able to say this for 20 years now, my favorite age is whatever age my kids are at then because having a one-year-old was the coolest thing in the world. And the only thing that was better than that was having a five-year-old and now getting to talk to my son last night in Texas and him telling me how awesome his first day was and all the things that he was doing, like having a 20-year-old is pretty awesome. And oh, oh I, I just, I would say that. And so congratulations on your almost one-year-old.
1: Oh, thank you. Um, Many on the call got to meet her. She's a she's a little firecracker, so (laughs) I'm I'm paying for it right now. (laughs) Um, I'm so excited to get to this one. Um, So I guess we're on. I don't know what number we're on now. We've had like 30 questions with District 10, but I'm this has been amazing. So you get to do this all the time. So I'm excited you're going to get to share this. But what would you tell someone starting out in the business?
2: Be bold. Be bold, and don't be afraid to make mistakes. I think as I've gotten older. I think one of the things I see Stephanie is, and and by the way, I was this way. So the, the, the 23 year old version of me was this exact same way. I think people are too risk averse. Um, I think they're not afraid to dream big dreams. And that may be because they have a family or an infrastructure that doesn't support them, or they may just think, I don't really know. I absolutely did not believe when I started the University of Oklahoma, that I was smart enough to go to school and and, go to college. And so, you know, taking those things, being willing to fail. uh, Every great leader and every great business person I know has failed at several things. And it's the failures that make us stronger and give us focus and allow you to do that. Here's what I can tell you. Every company, and I'll just brag on these two because they're my former students. Every company in America would be better if they had Austin or Christina working for them, every company. So one of the things that's sometimes tough when you're a young professional is you think, well, am I going to get this job? And I look at that and say, those companies should be doing backflips because they get to hire you. And and so be willing to do that. Um, If you're an entrepreneur, take those risks early in your life. It's It's so much easier to take those risks early in your life than it is sometimes later. But even later, take those risks. So if there was one thing I would say is be bold, carve out the life that you want. If you wanna work in an industry, pursue that. If you wanna live in a place, pursue that. If you wanna do something that gives you the flexibility to do the things with your family that you want, pursue that. And none of you, none of us is gonna have 100% success, but if you're willing to take those bold steps, what you can honestly do, and I say this, I can tell you as a 46 year old man, rapidly graying in my hair i can tell you that if today i got run over the thing that you could say is this last year was the best year of my life and i've been able to say that for a long time and I, and I, so being very intentional about that and and getting to live a life that i feel blessed and thankful to get to do so that would be it be bold don't be afraid to make mistakes
1: fantastic that is excellent advice and and very similar, I think, to a lot of our, you know, looking back on the group that we've had. um, We started out with two guys that started their own agency, and then we've had some fabulous female leaders. Um, You know, we also just, you know, just had a great group of people, and most all of them have said very similar things of, don't be afraid to make mistakes, just, you know, shoot for the stars, because your your own destiny is your own, you know, and you've got to you know, control that. So and
2: I think that that's absolutely wonderful advice. Stephanie, pay attention to yourself. I, I, think, I think I started out, you know, I was living the dream. I had an MBA. I went to work for a Fortune 500 company. You know, I was making good money. And I would have told you at 25, I'd be doing that forever. But if I hadn't listened to myself, if I hadn't thought about other things, if I hadn't got a PhD, um, I wouldn't have ended up doing exactly what I think I was meant to do. And so um, listen to yourself and don't be afraid to make those. I, I'm always amazed when I have new freshmen and I'm like doctor, I, I don't know what I want to major. And I think that's great. You're 18. I had no idea either. Right. Find what your passion is. Find what you love doing and, and don't be afraid to adjust that. If what you originally thought isn't it. So
1: oh, I bet if we surveyed everyone on this call, the majors we started out with versus where we have ended up in our careers and where we thought we would be 100% different. So I, I agree. I started out as a theater major, which great fun. Um, but yeah, um, I so glad that I ended up walking just I walked up a stairwell with a friend of mine who was going to her advertising class and that's how I happened to here so absolutely love that oh so if you did too I, don't, oh, I, don't. <laughs> I was
2: a, I was a political science major when I started because I didn't really know what majors were Stephanie and Christina's heard me tell the story in class I, I was a political science major because when I voted I was 18 I voted for the first time and the old lady when I left the voting booth She gave me the little I voted sticker and she said, is this your first time voting? I said, yes. She said, you did a great job. And I thought, I did do a great job. I thought maybe I was like a political science prodigy. And then I did that for a semester and I'm like, I don't really know what this is. And so then I became a business major and and that's how it went. So, yes.
1: I married a political scientist. So if off the call you want ever anything about running a city, just, just holler at me. I know way, way too much. Also to know enough that I love the advertising industry and where I'm sitting. All right, this is our last one. And then um, we can chat, chat for a little bit too. But where do you find joy?
2: Everywhere, everywhere. I find joy everywhere. I find joy in the things that I do with my family, with my kids. I find joy in seeing them develop into amazing young adults. I find joy in going to national parks and watching baseball games. I find joy by helping students and helping people that work for us have better lives and better, brighter futures. Um, I would tell people this thing and 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 I went to an event years ago. And there was a speaker and he talked about some of the struggles that he had had. And one of the things that I, I've started telling people is there's those moments for all the stuff that's out there in the world for all the technology we have on our phone. There's those moments when I'm just sitting on the couch by myself watching baseball. There's nobody there. And I got to love the person that's there and um, find that joy Uh, nobody can bring that to you and um, through whatever that is, find joy in all kinds of things um, and and find that joy within yourself. Because if you find that joy within yourself, I promise you're going to be able to spread that joy with your friends and your family and people that you care about. But I would tell you at 46 that I'm an extremely, extraordinarily joyful, thankful, happy person, Stephanie. And um, I I think finding joy in in all kinds of little and big things along the way uh, is something that leads to a much more enriching life.
1: Well, I think that's a beautiful place to end it. Um, You know, this has been 12 or 13 questions with district 10 but really our podcast and our session is called 10 questions with district 10 thank you shane for your wisdom um i think if i can take i've kind of ended it with each one saying my takeaways and my favorite thing was if you love people and you meet them where they are all of the other stuff seems to fall into place
0: and what a great way to cap off an incredible year with Stephanie Price as our governor of District 10. We certainly do appreciate your efforts for our district and for our industry, Stephanie. Thanks again. So before we let you go, one more quick reminder. America coming to Nashville June 2nd through the 5th. Go to D10 to register. The Southwest Advertising Hall of Fame Class of 2020 Lunch and Induction Ceremony in Austin is happening June 10th. It's a live event. Register now at the D10 website. And finally, who doesn't love traveling to Dallas? This time it's club officer training for the 10th district and it's happening at SMU in Dallas on the 18th of June again. You can register now at the D10 website. You've been listening to a podcast from the American Advertising Federation, District 10. Find out more at aaf10.org. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Do that, and you'll never miss a new podcast. Your rating on iTunes will also help us grow. And don't be afraid to share what you've heard today on social media. That's important. Until next time, thank you for listening. This is Ad Tension, Copyright 2022. I'm Ray Sheldon.